congratulations. You've downloaded episode 46 of the Milking Podcast. And uh, we're back to normal, or as normal as myself and Mr. Boulamont can ever claim to be. Um, yes, it's the Geeky Roundup. It's a chit-chat of everything geek. And of course, we talk about WrestleMania and the Hall of Fame and the roar that followed it. So there is a bit of wrestling, but we save that towards the end, as we explained in the intro. So without further ado, I'll let you get into episode 46. 47 will be up very soon. That's going to be a, a bit of a different episode. That's going to consist of a conversation that Mr. Boulamont and I had uh, before the podcast so it'll be a little bit of a sneaky peek at what it's like before we go right shall we actually do a proper podcast now okay this is a proper podcast now uh which will be uh interesting i hope and uh, funny more than anything it had me uh, giggling away while we were having the conversation so hopefully you'll enjoy that bit of nostalgia talking about 60s comedians that neither of us were alive to uh, experience uh, and also uh, Simon and the Witch and Johnny Briggs to uh, 80s, uh, 80s, not cartoons 80s TV series uh, which were, were certainly old enough to experience so anyway, without further ado here's episode 46, enjoy Welcome everyone to the Milky It Podcast the podcast that as always tugs the tea to popular culture until it explodes all over your face I'm David Davis and... I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I got it for the lolo. I'm in love with the coco. It's me. It's Boulamont. Here we are. It's episode forty-six. Can you imagine episode forty-six? We're back up to speed. We're back together, and we're ready to chit-chat our bally balls off. Don't turn that radio down, it's not that loud, but we're looking forward to leading you by the hand back into the world of geeky goodness at the Milk It Podcast. They've got the Welcome to episode 46 of the Milking It podcast. It's been a weird couple of weeks. Uh, we've both been quite ill, have we not, sir? Ill um, is definitely the right phrase. I'm, yeah. I, was, I was bloody out of it. Well, there we go. So we're back up to full, well, pretty much full speed. Uh, my voice is still a little bit shot, uh, and Boo will, will never quite be all there. But um, yeah, we're, we're going to try and do uh, what, what is quote unquote, and I'm waving the little rabbit fingers in the air, uh, a normal episode for this, uh, episode 46. We're going to kind of catch up with a bit. We're not going to lag too much on the stuff that's happened while we've been gone, because we have been putting stuff obviously up on the milkitpodcast.com. Uh, so there's been some geeky news and bits and pieces going up there there um we will of course as in the last episode we talked about the thoughts about wrestlemania uh the end of this episode we'll have a bit of a brief discussion about wrestlemania because it has just happened the thought behind that is mainly if you if you follow podcasts uh, like myself 
I know Boo listens to one or two that he's not involved with, but uh, not many. But <laughs> not, uh, many. not many. Um, but yeah, if you follow those, then literally it has been obviously the topic du jour. Um, everyone's been doing full roundups, like Jim Ross, Taz, Chris Jericho. I know Steve Austin put one up there. Um, MLW did one. Uh, so literally everyone has been doing a massive breakdown of the show. That's not what we're going to do. It will be literally a kind of couple of bits we liked, couple of bits we didn't like. This was good about the Hall of Fame. This was bad about the Hall of Fame. Wasn't raw good the next night. Yes, it was. Fantastic. So that'll be our sort of end segment. So uh, that's why we're not starting off with that. Because uh, it's kind of a week gone. It almost feels like old news now, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, it's WrestleMania season. We've got Hall of Fame, WrestleMania, and the following Raw to discuss. Yeah. So we're not gonna we're not gonna get all bogged down in results and bookings and all that kind of thing. We're just gonna talk about what we enjoyed, of what course. we thought worked, what we think didn't work, and of course, all the news coming off it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but what we'll do is we will uh, kick off our little sort of geeky chat. There's some stuff from Jay. There's some stuff from Nick coming up as well. So it is a proper normal milking it podcast. Um, Okay, let, let's start with some movie news, because we are fans of our movie news here on the Milking It podcast. Not so much casting news as a, a, a direction confirmed uh, for a company, um, which uh, Mr. Bouli Lamont has uh, recently had some uh, brushes with. Um, the Disney Corporation. God bless the Disney Corporation. All um, hail the mouse. All hail the mouse. Um, they've, they've found something that works, and by God, they're going to stick to it. Um so Maleficent, um, there's been uh, obviously the recent Cinderella film that's come out, which I'll ask you about in a second. Um, they have found a winning formula in doing live action versions of their cartoon classics. Or sorry, they don't like the word cartoon. Animated features. Um, Disney classics. Disney, not, Disney even, not even cartoon, oh, okay. just Disney classics. The uh, you know the animated ones, and then obviously you've got the new live action version. Use the right terminology. Okay, sorry. They'll yes, there we go. Or yes. they'll come for us. Indeed, oh my goodness, it's, it's all gone very trade paperback. Um, so, <laughs> graphic but, novel. <laughs> that's a little throwback there. Um, big shout out to Dina. Um, so yes, um, basically uh, they have announced this week um, that Winnie the Pooh is getting a live action remake. That would be terrifying, Dave. It's a little boy and a bear. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen the new Paddington film? I've seen the very creepy trailer someone <laughs> it's did. scary as... Fuck, honestly, the new Paddington... The, I remember the old Paddington from back in the day, which I admit, I have just bought my nephew his first DVD for his DVD collection. And it was a collection... Bless. It was a collection... He's only one years old. And it was a collection of the original Paddington stories. Because I remember watching that as a kid, really loving it. Marmalade sandwiches, had my old, pa- my old Paddington that used to sit on the bed in his Wellingtons, etc. That was a cute little reminder of my childhood. The new Paddington, he is dead behind the eyes and also looks like, at a moment's notice, will rip your face off. It's honestly one of the scariest kids things I've ever seen in my life. It's got a sequel, so it must have done okay. The, the maker of that film had a completely different background, Dave, where he was molested by someone he calls Uncle Sandwich. And... <laughs> <laughs> In, yeah, it's it's got to be some. There's there's some deep and dark reason why that film is like it is. <laughs> However, <laughs> yes, in, in, Winnie the Pooh live action. They've done kind of live action stuff before with Winnie the Pooh. There was a series which was like uh, done by the Henson Corporation. Did the puppets for it, and that was a mixture of live action and puppetry and that kind of stuff. And that wasn't, that wasn't too scary, but it still looked a little bit weird. 
but uh, I'm not sure quite how they're going to achieve a live action Winnie the Pooh because as far as I know other than Christopher Robin there wasn't many sort of human characters in it um, they've also announced obviously um, previously we talked about the Jungle Book has been announced um, two Jungle Book movies one Disney one non-Disney right, yeah, uh, out within the next kind of year or so yeah uh, Beauty and the Beast is is one that they've announced recently with Emma Watson from the Harry Potter I was going to say trilogy there's more than that I'm not a Harry Potter guy franchise um, is the word I think yes thank you that's the word because she very proudly announced that she was being uh, she was playing Belle we, yeah, because everyone assumed she'd be playing the Beast, but yeah, obviously. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, you know, the ultimate Stockholm Syndrome story. Indeed, yes. But they've also announced uh, Mulan is is going to be done as a live action. Uh, yes. One of their least successful animated features. Sorry, Disney classics. Um, but Eddie Murphy... Even with Eddie Murphy? Yeah, Eddie Murphy was that little dragony thing. Um, but one of the greatest... Don't levels, call me donkey! <laughs> but one of the best levels, if you ever played Kingdom Hearts 2, I think was the Mulan level. But the, Oh, jeez, yeah, bloody hell. Sorry, the, I, I have played Kingdom Hearts 2 and I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> it, was, it was a great level. Uh, trust, trust kids, uh, go back and visit it on YouTube. Oh, so the Caribbean level was always too short. Yes, uh, I always enjoyed the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Oh, uh, yes, I did I, with uh, This Is Halloween playing yeah. constantly. <laughs> so much yeah. better than the Xbox game. The original Xbox had a Nightmare Before Christmas game. And, yes, was, too, and it was made by Capcom. So bad. Rubbish. Oogie's so Revenge. That yes. Is, um, sorry, I, I know these things. It's weird. There we go. It's, it's as if we've both lived the same pop culture and hipster nerdy world. Like everyone that listened <laughs> oh, hello, hello, hello. hello. Um, there's people out there. I forget. But the most bizarre, sorry, one that they've announced so far is. Let me guess. Obviously, Dumbo. Uh, there we go. Alice in Wonderland was a big success. Tim Burton was behind that. So a live action Dumbo. They thought, who can we get in? Who's good with circuses? <laughs> yes, Tim Burton. The last time we saw Tim Burton deal with a circus was uh, Big Fish, I believe, which uh, was uh, part of that uh, that film, which was yeah. actually a really great film. Go on. I like, no, no, it was, I'm talking Big Fish, because mm-hmm. that was the last kind of uh, Ewan McGregor film I saw at the cinema, number one. <laughs> um, no, no, it was that. Uh, were, were you not it, a big fan of We Bought a Zoo? <laughs> because no, no one was. <laughs> oh, uh, I saw Big Fish at the cinema and it was all right. Um, but yeah, it, it was like, ah, oh, I'm sorry, lack of sleep. What's the director that died, that did the Grand Budapest Hotel? It's Anderson. It, it was it, it was weird in a kind of Wes Anderson way. It wasn't a very Tim Burtony movie. Big Fish. I don't know. I quite enjoy. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but I, c- I can see what you mean that you could draw comparisons with that kind of Wes Anderson slightly. Um, it's kind of. Do <laughs> <laughs> it. Shut up. Because <laughs> I was ignoring him. It's because I was ignoring him. I'm trying it's to not, do a it's because Coco is a big fan of Tim Burton. He does not appreciate us comparing. He can't fucking Burton. stand Tim Burton. What are you talking about? He gets really cross if I start like doing any Danny Elfman, Coco. Danny Elfman. So yes, Dave, Dumbo, minus the racist crows, Tim Burton, weird, weird person to go for. Yeah. I think the reason it might work, do you know what it was? Disney saw the 
you know the pink elephants on parade the kind of trippy scene where he's that drunk is, that is a bizarre psychedelic moment and i remember having to ask my my mom when we watched that originally what that meant and she was like oh that's what it's like if you're drunk i've been drunk many times in my I'm life i'm jealous <laughs> i'm i'm half cut right now and yeah, I, I was gonna say i'm not <laughs> i i have never seen pink elephants when i've uh, been uh, been drunk um but no i it is a bizarre one it's also bizarre to call it a live action one because how can dumbo be live action that's going to be 90 percent cg that's going to be like yeah, Alice yeah. in wonderland isn't it it's, it's got to be to be fair but he's, he's an interesting choice i think to to direct that and you, you can't argue that tim burton has had an eclectic career in terms of the different things that he's... didn't we discuss this before what happened to tim burton like he was pushing out some brilliant films edward 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 scissorhands um like he had oh, a the string... ones with the word edward in it yeah Eatle yeah. juice edwards um <laughs> batman, batman edwards, edwards. <laughs> um batman brilliant films. and then yeah. the last kind of few years of um, he's got this new one out at the moment. Is it called Big Eyes? Mm, but again, which I haven't had a chance. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Uh, okay, but, yeah, you should. But if it's anything it. like Dark Shadows or Willy it's, Wonka it's not, or it's really, it's any of those really, films, it's going to be shit. It's closer to Edward because it's the same guys who wrote it. Uh, okay, I thought Edward was mainly based on uh, like an, uh, a, a biography on Edward. Yeah, but it's still going to be written by. Oh, the screenwriters. The screenwriters kind of are the same people. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe give it a chance. And honestly, um, dude, it's, it's well worth it. It's really good. Yeah. No, I, I, I obviously got to wait for it to come out on DVD. I'm not a cinema goer generally, but while we are on the subject of the live action Disney movies, yes, this is um, what I was getting to. Sorry, yeah, we went yes, off. On a, sorry, yes, uh, we are milking, digressing. I'm milking a um, tangent. So. I was invited by Disney um, to Disney headquarters in London to watch a preview of one the frozen spin-off which um again i've not seen frozen i've got no interest in it i don't like oversaturated things and i just have to hear the words let it go to um you know to get annoyed but um i saw the the, the new frozen short and then the main event was we were uh, we watched a preview of kenneth Branagh's syndrome um it's it's a fine film it's a great family film um, they've gone a bit politically correct. One of the ugly sisters is probably the hottest girl in the whole movie. They're no longer ugly sisters. They're evil stepsisters, um, which I found really distracting because he, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, the other thing was uh, that in the pamphlet I was given by Disney, uh, all the people that invited us to the screening, they were talking about how empowered this new Cinderella is. I disagree wholeheartedly. Basically, the story is about a woman who cannot be set free until the man comes. I don't get. I, I, again, I'm not going to get bogged down in this whole we, we, yeah, the argument. Yeah. Sex is every fucking episode, but um, the film itself is fine. The sets are beautiful. I've actually seen the sets and the oh, right. Um, all right and other costumes. And yeah, it really entertaining little film. You could tell it was made on a much smaller budget than your general Disney movie, and and that's official like they've said that and it, which means that the, the money coming in is obviously higher uh it's def- definitely recommended for families little girls will love it and um, um, there's plenty in there for little boys to enjoy too um but yeah like and <laughs> and david i won't i won't tell you i won't spoil anything for you but 
there is a Rob Brydon cameo in the movie. Oh, Rob Brydon. Rob Brydon. Fantastic. Yes. Oh. But yeah, I um, want to thank Disney for... Does he down, does but... he do a Tom Jones impression? or? Uh, no, but he doesn't do his little voice of a man trapped in a box. Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Fedus, can I ask a very quick question? Because I haven't seen it, and obviously I'm, I am not the demographic that it would appeal to particularly. There are no songs in this version, right? No, there are no. It's not musical in in any way. No, as in because obviously if if, if it's a live action version of the original, the original was full of songs, booty bobby boo, and all that kind of bullshit. Um, but no, there's so lots there of references. Right, it, okay. no, it's not a musical. There are a lot of references. Uh, yeah. Helen Helen Bonham Carter plays the fairy godmother. Oh my goodness! Sorry, is Tim Burton directing? What? I was no. Oh. Danny Elfman does not do the soundtrack. Right. Um, uh, one of her magic spells is bibbidi bobbidi boo. Okay. Um, and there's kind of throwbacks to the animated one. Uh, Julianne Moore, who plays the oh, stepmother, possibly one basically of my favorite actresses, owns the, she owns the whole movie. Really, she is she is the best thing in it by a million miles. Oh, now you uh, see that Cinderella. makes me see it with her. No, Dave, what, check it out, check it out. It's Kenneth Branagh. Um, he's an excellent director. You know, Thor was absolutely brilliant, yeah. and to be honest, still one of my top three of the Marvel movies, and I actually prefer it. A, above Avengers I know I shouldn't but there was that scene where he's running through the tent to grab yeah. Molyneux and I really and everyone's yeah. and um, Coulson says you know even I'm starting to gun for him I was on the edge of my seat I was like he's gonna fucking do it ah oh! <laughs> kind of thing no it when was it was an, nothing happened. an epic job he did on that film to be fair Wait, sorry about Cinderella yeah really enjoyable little film yeah. um, a few special effects and um, uh, yeah, definitely one for the family take him out enjoy uh, and uh, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo uh, recommends Cinderella. As, as you'd say on the Totally Insane Tape Show, highly recommended. Ah, look at that copyright, Dino Peppers. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, next up we need to talk about um, another film which is definitely not for the family Deadpool. Um, there's been a couple of bits that have come out. Uh, Deadpool, had, they've. We've been talking about it a, a couple of times before on the podcast. Uh, Ryan, Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, put my new teeth in. Um, they unveiled the costume, so we now know it is pretty much the same as was in the sort of teaser that they did. I'm confused though, Dave. Is it not a computer? I thought it was going to be computer generated, like the trailer. I believe so. I believe it, it's kind of ninety percent, isn't it? And then the, there's a few kind of key shots that they have to do live action and everything else but it, it seems pointless having an actor there that you're paying that sort of money when you could just CG it because he, he's completely covered but I, I'm not sure uh, as, uh, from what I, rem I remember reading I think that they said sort of 90% CG'd so that, that does open up a lot more opportunity for what they can do with it and we, we are now at a stage where you could quite easily have a lead character in a film be completely CG if they've got their face covered and you wouldn't really worry about it too much. Um, especially when today I was reading a thing about the, the, the Batman versus Superman or Superman versus Batman, if you want to uh, change it up a little bit. Um, EBS. The, yeah, the, the costume that, that Ben is... Ben, as if I know the guy. I've talked about him so much. Mr. Affleck um, is, ha is having to get into is taking over half an hour for them just to put his costume on. It takes three people to yeah. put the cowl and cape on. 
That's insane. Why would you? Why would you do that? But yeah, apparently so. I rather than going. If he was that, really Batman. It we wouldn't. Precisely. Be screen, right, well, well, yeah. We'll just throw up the, the bat signal. It'll take him forty-five to put his. You know how to uh, beat this? Like, you know how to defeat this new Batman? Just stand behind him or to the side of him. You can't turn his fucking head. <laughs> it does look very yeah, sort of uh, original Keaton Batman that he's gonna a little bit stifled but i hope not but anyway we digress so yeah the costume's been revealed uh, in a very cool little uh, youtube video uh, but they've also revealed that it's going to be a rated r movie that came out on april fool's day everyone was kind of like is it an april fool's is it not no it's not it's them saying genuinely it is going to be rated r oh, dave on april fool's day they announced that it was going to be rated e- um pg or whatever the american ah thing. okay sorry no that I was the joke know. that was uh, the joke See, I came to the party late on this, and as you know, being Welcome a, to the party, pal. The, the DC guy trying to report on uh, on Marvel news is, is never too successful. But yeah, but everyone's happy that it's going to be rated R. That's what you need from that kind of you know the Deadpool movie because that's hey, the you want of... Deadpool cutting people up with swords. Um, uh, sorry, PG thirteen's the thing I was trying to remember. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it's Deadpool wisecracking, cutting people open, losing a couple of limbs, yeah. you know, before they regenerate. He's known for getting the absolute shit kicked out of him, our uh, Deadpool. So, looking forward to that one. But superhero wise, uh, also announced. Obviously, we've, we've talked about Batman: Arkham Knight ad nauseum. Uh, that, that's obviously still coming out, but keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. They've pushed it back by another two weeks. Um, you'll have seen if you uh, milksters, if you follow the milkypodcast dot com, there was a really good gameplay video. It does look very very smart. Um, they have once again hitched their wagon to Sony, so Sony are getting a PS4 console which looks very sexy. It's one of the only times I've wished that I had the resources to get a, a PS4. Um, it does look very good. Uh, did you get to see the gameplay vid? I haven't. I haven't. Um, I haven't yet. I, I saw the early gameplay videos where he was beating the shit out of people, doing a backflip, going back into the Batmobile. Yeah. They're obviously really going ahead with this new driving mechanic um, as part of the you know vehicular combat. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a massive part of it. They showed it as part of this sort of five-minute clip of... It was literally the sort of the first five minutes of the game. Um, set up very much like the last games, obviously using the same engine, but with massively improved graphics. Um, a lot more sort of draw distance. Uh, there's a lot more gliding involved so they can show off the whole city. Uh, they've also said about there's um, collectible skins that you can get for the Batmobile as well as Batman. So... Batman himself can have a Batman 66 skin, but you can also drive around in the Batman 66 Batmobile. That will be. I part thought that of was true game. for a second, Dave. My, my hard on would break the would break the screen. Honestly, no, no genuinely. No, no I yeah, believe no, no, and, and it worked because maybe you can get like the tumbler and. Yeah. Um, that's that's the, the idea. Is there's going to be some. Uh, so uh, a Burton uh, 88 Batmobile, that iconic. Oh, if they got the Anton first Batmobile in there, that would oh. Genuine, that would be oh. the best. If they got the animated series Batmobile in there, then at that moment, then my hard-on would knock over my I microphone. can't tell you how much I enjoyed running around Arkham City as the original animated Batman. Definitely. That was, that was the skin yeah. I got with my pre-order. Um, I got original animated Batman and Robin. Right. Or the challenge maps. Yeah, wonderful running around as... Um, was the animated series Batman? Have you seen the new series of um, collectible toys they've done of the animated series? 
I have. They're, they're all right, but like, they're there's only not so much. Great. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. There's only so much. You... They kind of look like the same ones that came out when the series yeah, uh, yeah. was on TV. Just um, obviously better material and a. Like 24 yes. articulation points and this, that, and the other. It's like, yeah, there's, there's only so well a 2D image can be transferred into a 3D figure, yeah. I think. It's different when you see the ones they do of like the film stuff and the recent ones they did of the, um, of Michael Keaton and, uh, you know, of the Penguin, Danny Vito. Where they, they look actually so look good. so lifelike. Yeah. yeah. But you, you look at the animated ones, you're like, um, oh, okay. Yeah, I was I was really looking forward to it because I thought, oh, if the, if the Joker one's good, then that's going to be perfect. I'll, I'll grab a Joker one, or you know, I saw the Man Bat one, which no, never a character I particularly enjoyed, but I was just, never was... never put on on film Man Bat, and I've never understood it. What is not to be scared of of a giant bat with fucking legs? Well, maybe we'll see him as part of the new Suicide Squad movie because well, they have beautiful, they beautiful have been, segue thank you they they have not only announced that uh, they're going to be using Arkham Asylum as a major plot point within that movie which can only be a good thing um, because it gives them a chance to to show off some uh, serious movie villains which is always something that we'd, we'd uh, in, enjoy seeing uh, in the Batman universe uh, Killer Croc has been announced confirmed. unbelievable cannot wait one of the best Batman villains that has never been put onto screen. Definitely. And one of the best characters in the original Arkham Asylum game as well. Uh, not so good in Arkham Origins, where he defeated him within about 12 seconds. But uh, yeah, just that hulking, bulking mess of a guy that could just destroy you. Um, but they've also said El Diablo, King Shark has been announced, um, along with Harley Quinn, Joker, and the, you know, obviously the, the other people that are involved in the Suicide Squad. But it, yeah, it does look as if it's, it, they are putting together a genuine fanboy movie in Suicide Squad. It's it's worrying that I'm getting slightly more excited about Suicide Squad than I am about Superman versus Batman, but uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm sure I'll I'll end up watching both of them at the cinema, despite my uh, much like yourself, the uh, no, I don't really go to the cinema. I tend to watch things once they've come out on DVD, uh, kind of stance on things. But uh, home is the new cinema, in my opinion, Dave. And you know, I've said it a few times here, so. <laughs> I think so. I, I, think, I genuinely think so. It's just I, I find it easier to sit and watch stuff and uh, enjoy things. You know, sat watching it on TV where I can chill out and pause it. You can pause it, go to the toilet. You can have a drink or whatever floats your boat in terms of uh, enhancements. Um, you can, yeah, it's, you know. And um, I last time I watched a film kind of just in my underwear, I got kicked out of the cinema. So you know, it's probably best that I do stay at home. To be fair, that was Cinderella, so you know <laughs> that's, that's only right. Um, talking of Batman, I um, apologise to Disney uh, <laughs> and, and Kenneth Branagh, who personally had to keep who, who, who was sitting unfortunately right in front of me when I put my legs up on his chair. <laughs> uh, talking of Batman, it's another David segue. Um, they've also announced Adam West and Burt Ward. We have talked so many times about the fact that DC have nailed their animated universe. Yes, Marvel are the kings in terms of the film universe, but DC have nailed their animated universe. They are adding another fantastic stroke to their universe, are they not, sir? Yes, that has uh, indeed, sir, with the announcement of a Batman 66 animated movie. It doesn't get any better than that. 
for all you 66 fans, um, in my opinion, the best thing put to screen uh, um, for Batman 66 so far was the bonus level in Lego Batman 3. Oh, man, yes, completely. How good was that? That was one of my highlights, if not the highlight of that game. I've gone back and played that level so many times. It's untrue. But yes, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, I cannot wait for this movie. Um, just because, as Dave said, the DC Animated Universe is definitely kind of the best uh, direct-to-movie universe they've got going at the moment um i think this one the stuff they've done as well with with the 66 comic book has been so good um you know the batman versus green lantern which was a, a series obviously we spoke about because of kevin smith's involvement ralph Garman's involvement green hornet sorry green hornet no, you don't get, yeah there you no, go i'm keeping it in keeping it in <laughs> keep, keeping it in keeping it real kids yeah Keep it in, real. keep it real. Uh, but, you know, Batman 66, the, when the, Jeff Parker uh, wrote the original series, that's continued. Its its sales are so good, apparently. It's one of the leading sort of Batman comics at the moment because people just love revisiting those characters. And now they've got those license rights, they're going to make the most of them, kids. So the only thing that worries me is that they make sure they get the right voice talent to do the characters that, sadly are no longer with us, which is pretty much everyone else other than Adam West and Bert Basically, Moore. I'm hoping that they won't have the same issue that I had with the Flintstones WrestleMania movie. Oh my God, we completely forgot to talk about... Yeah, sorry, when we were talking earlier about things we are going to talk about, I was going to ask you about that. You you sat through the, the Flintstones WWE crossover. Please, let's, uh, let's digress. No, no, well, I, I, we'll save the... We'll, we'll save the... We'll, We'll chat about the rest of the movie, but what I wanted to say in terms of the Batman 66 was um, Barney's voice is so wrong in the movie that it's really off-putting for the rest of the movie. Whereas I don't want them to have a Joker without the right, without someone doing a dead spot-on impression of, of Caesar Burgess, Romero. Yeah. Meredith, no, Sid Caesar. Caesar Romero. There we go. Sorry, I'm... Burgess Meredith was the Joker, yeah. Frank Gorsh yeah. was Riddler, and yeah, that kind of thing. Right, yeah, got yeah. to have Frank Gorsh, got to have a good impression of Frank Gorsh as the Riddler. Could we not get, <laughs> uh, could we not get, Co- what about me? Could we not get Co- Cody Rhodes, who seems to be doing that every week on TV at the moment? Just a thought, kids. Um, yes. Not Cody. It's Stardust. Uh, on a side note one of the best things from Wrestlemania was the video of Stardust and um, R-Truth playing WWE 2K15 on the massive Titan Tron when they were playing against each other and it was just the sight of people being allowed to play a Playstation 4 game on this huge 50 foot screen I was like that's insane I'd love to play a game like that but uh, yeah anyway I digress if you get a chance check it out it's on on WD.com movie wise uh, also worth pointing out you sent me a trailer uh, we mentioned Kevin Smith pretty much every episode Kevin Uh, Kevin Smythe I believe he uh, Dave you just mentioned him in the last segment (laughs) (laughs) I know so we, we talk about Kevin Smith lots um Basically, uh, there, there is a, a brand new film which has been uh, funded via uh, Indiegogo. Uh, originally came up, Kevin Smith does a podcast um, about it's Kevin Smith's film school. I've never really listened to it a great deal. It's it's quite technical kind of thing that he discusses how he got into the business and things you can do and the ways of directing and everything else. I believe the general tip is just pick something you did 20 years ago and remake it. Um, 
basically uh, this has come about it is a film called Shooting Clerks the opera cadence yeah. in my voice insinuated yes, I mean, you like to talk about it I, I literally watched the trailer about three uh, whenever I sent you the trailer this oh morning. okay that's fine However, Dave, I did notice Mike Zapsik uh, in the trailer. Yes. And weirdly enough, and this is all that people were talking about in the comic section, comment section, was that James Rolfe, a.k.a. the Angry Video Game Nerd, and his best mate, Matt motherfucker Mike Mattei, are in the trailer as well. And everyone just was like, oh, AVGN's in it, AVGN's in it. And I was like, okay, weird. Uh, I know they're all from New Jersey. Maybe that's the connection. It's Maybe, got, it's got um, to be, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be the New Jersey connection. It's, it's a New Jersey connection. It's an internet connection. It's a, yeah, it's that kind of social media thing of getting people James involved. James makes a lot of his own. He's been making movies forever, so you know, not not that not that have been put up on the big screen, apart from obviously his last movie, the Angry Video Game Nerd movie. But um, yeah, it, I think it's more of a creator thing plus the New Jersey connection. I think so. It looks good though. It looks very interesting. It's it's kind of um. A, a, pseudo documentary style to it um, literally about them making clerks it's the, it's the story and I like the way that they've shot it in black and white of uh, course to, uh, stylistically yes stylistically but yeah no it, it looks fairly interesting um, and I'd, I'd, I'd be up for watching it definitely no I'll definitely give it a go I, I, again it's, it's not something you'd go and watch at the cinema but I can't imagine it's going to get a massive cinema release I think it's going to be a straight to DVD Netflix kind of kind of fair but uh, it'll certainly do a lot better than a lot of indie movies do just purely because of the kevin smith name attached to it talking of kevin smith movies that didn't do too well a movie that bombed when it came out and personally my least favorite kevin smith movie um something i haven't watched since i originally bought it on dvd many years ago has now got a sequel yeah, Whoa! So... <laughs> hold on, hold on. Jersey Girl's getting a fucking sequel. Do you know what? I've, as much of a massive fan I am, I've never watched Jersey Girl. Can't bring myself to do it. Before you say what you're going to say, did you just honestly set it up? In my opinion, one of the top two of his best movies, the funniest by far. Bullshit. And you're going to say you don't really like it. Bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> you call him bullshit. Dude, I will attack you with my Wolverine Berserker attack. Schnickety schnickety schnoo! <laughs> schnickety schnoo does not win it. Stan Lee do, talking about the thing's penis does not win it. Oh, Would Mr. you like... It's... No, it's Mr. Fantastic. You know, can he stretch everything? Ah, okay. There we go. I'm misremembering because I've watched it once. There is nothing about this film that stands up to me and says... Right, what? This is a great film. The Fours! Like, no, whoa! Why, no, Fat Man Flat? Where do you get all these wonderful toys? No. My cousin Walter. Jesus, man. Really? Honestly. Would you like a chocolate fucking... Honestly. <laughs> even Jason... No, no, no. Oh, man. My least Dave. favorite film. What we're talking about, Mills, like if you don't already Ladies know... Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to chastise David... Right. About not right, not liking more rats. Hit us up at uh, milkingitpodcast.com or at teat tugger. That's T E A T tugger T U G G R at Twitter. We do do social media, so if you if you feel as strongly and venomously uh, against Dave <laughs> as on you this do subject, right now, as I do, <laughs> then then hit us up because Dave doesn't like more rats, people. I want you to come on to the Facebook group, or you come on Twitter, and I just want you to endlessly quote more rat quotes at Dave. 
That's <laughs> at Derek Noms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. It's that I vehemently detest it. I think it's a, a, a rubbish film. I, I genuinely do. And But... In my defence, the reason I think that is because my favourite film that Kevin Smith did is Chasing Amy, and that was one that followed Mallrats. He had a change of pace, he had a change of direction, Mallrats failed, he went on and did Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy, for me, is without a doubt one of the greatest films ever made. Changed my life watching that film. This is your, this is your thumb, Dave. <laughs> Here's the pulse. <laughs> Here's your thumb. Jammed way up your right. Okay, I get it. Okay, people liked more rats. Not many people liked more rats. The mother's a tracer. Um, <laughs> Chase, Chase what's Amy. a Nubian? What's a Nubian? That's a great line. Um, not, yeah. Do not play that clip. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. And then you got Darth Vader, the blackest brother in the galaxy, Nubian god. What's a Nubian? Shut the fuck up! Uh, yeah, so no, I'm not a fan of Mallrats, but he has announced they're doing Mallrats 2. Um, and people seem to be very excited about it. But I don't know whether that's because it's, you know, just because he's announced it's another film or whether this is going to turn out to be another Tusk or what. But uh, I don't know. Everyone seems to be on board so far, uh, pretty much other than Ben Affleck. I think they've pretty much confirmed everyone who was in the original um there's been various pictures flying around on instagram and twitter and everything else from kevin smith the king of social media um, but more rats too will you watch more rats too mr boo you i'm talking about your right of course i'm gonna watch more rats too dave it, like, clerks 2 got a shite sequel I imagine the Morats will get a shape sequel, and I'm still going to watch it. Clerks 2, yeah. I'll defend. I quite enjoy Clerks 2, but there we go. Inner Species Erotica. Fuck <laughs> um, Yeah, no, I, um, I, Morat, Clerks 2 wasn't all that, and I still enjoyed it, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to Morats 2. The problem is, though, he always promises these things, mm-hmm. and he, he, annou- he seems to announce two new films a month. So you've got the Krampus movie, you've got the Canadian Jaws um, and then the, the Canadian Jaws, yeah. trilogy. Uh, Moose Jaws, sorry. Um, yeah, yoga, got... yoga Hoses, which is fil- is now in the bag. That's filmed, um, I believe. Yeah, Moose Jaws has been pushed back till next year. Krampus movie is the start of next year, which means they're going to film start filming Clerks two this year. And by the, three. sorry, Clerks three this year, and by the end of this year, he's hoping to start filming more Rats two, which seems bizarre. I mean, he said obviously Clerks three is going to be the closure to the trilogy and everything else, but I don't know. I, I don't know whether anyone was actually asking for a more Rats two. I don't know. I'd... I don't think anyone was asking for a Clerks two, mate. To be honest, Th- these are standalone. The thing I always like to about the early Kevin Smith films is they are standard it would be the same as us for Chasing Amy 2 there is no need no but it's nice to get it it's nice to get it no not the only thing, the only, thing, the only thing I'll take these days is a proper full on live action um, Jay and Silent Bob because the super groovy fun movie cartoon wasn't as yeah. cartoon movie was not as fun groovy um, or cartoony <laughs> it was very forgettable in fact I barely remember any of it Except for the bit with Blunt Man and Chronic. No, which you don't remember. I no, I do. I do remember with Cockmucker and with a Cock-Mucker, completely yeah. different voice because obviously, yeah, the, 
because Mark Hamill wasn't available and suddenly, well, sorry, we say not available. The way Kevin Smith put it was that he stopped returning their calls as soon as the new Star Wars films were announced, which is not surprising, really, that the Disney Corporation would uh, ask him to step away from a character called Cockknocker. But uh, (laughs) but there we go. Not a surprise at all. Why do they call you Cockknocker? Well, that is a most interesting. You see, (laughs) save me, have not. Anyway, avenge me, whatever. I'm tired. I'm tired. You're putting all these wonderful things into my head. That's fine. So we should wrap this up soon. Do not worry. But first, we're going to take a quick break from our sponsors. And by sponsors, I mean some adverts. That's a commercial. An ancient evil that feeds on the sick and demented which once haunted videos that were rented are back to turn the blood to ice of all of those who own a personal digital device on VHS, DVD and Blu-ray too in your pants it may make you Therefore, celebrate and rejoice, Peppers and Lamont, as they tell tales of films you should and should not want. The Totally Insane Tape Show is something you should not fear. Listen to it with some food snacks and a beer. To find it, go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. No excuses to these sites. You must go. And to find out whence the evil comes from, go online and look at totallyinsanetapepro.com. <laughs> Hello, Milksters. Your old pal and friend of the show, Mossman here, off of 80's classic cartoon, Masters of the Universe. As you can imagine, I've had a lot of time on my hands since that cartoon finished, and I've been aching to hear some quality, geeky podcast that rounds up all the news in a nice, tight package. Only thing is, we don't have iPhones. Not after old King Randor fell out with Steve Jobs back in 92. Well... Imagine my delight that now the Milking It podcast is available on Stitcher for Android users like myself. Stitcher.com has all the information. Oh, I can't wait to tell Fisto. He'll be well made up. Alright people, this is your mate Stel, host of the great football podcast known as Shoot the Defence. Join me, John, Andy, Mike, Stuffy... And whoever else can be bothered to appear every Thursday night at 10.30pm. Mixler.com forward slash shoot the defence. We're informative, opinionated, sometimes controversial, and have one or two face palm moments. I have a dream. (laughs) Mr. Malcolm We're on iTunes, Stitcher, ah, and we have our own website, shootthedefence.com. Shoot the defence. Play on. Right, we are on to a little bit of wrestling news now. 
we are getting close to the hour, so I imagine we can have a good ten minutes on this uh, before we introduce Jay. WrestleMania. Did, let me just let's just tick these off. Okay, Boo. Did you watch the Hall of Fame? I watched the major. I missed. I missed Kishi, and I fell asleep during Nash. Okay. Did you watch WrestleMania? Also watched WrestleMania. Did you watch the Raw following WrestleMania? Did watch the Raw following the WrestleMania? Well, there we go. Okay, so we can have a brief discussion of all three, I believe. Good. Can you imagine? Both of us on the same page with this. Um, so, obviously, anyone who heard the last episode of us or heard the last episode of the Totally Insane Tape Show will have heard us discussing what we thought of WrestleMania going into WrestleMania. I think it was a reasoned judgment that we were kind of like, about it. That is generally the view. Heading into WrestleMania, I think most people were kind of, about it. Um, we'll start with the Hall of Fame, uh, because that was uh, something that I watched for the second year running now, which was quite exciting, uh, live on the WWE Network. Um I thought generally, overall, very good. Um, there was there was very little to complain about in terms of the people they put in there. You couldn't really argue that no, anyone didn't deserve it. Um, the only downside for me, and I'll, I'll literally pick one good thing, one bad thing, and then we'll you can do the same if you want. Um, okay, my one bad thing was I thought Larry Zabisco would be more entertaining. Um, he just didn't seem prepared and. Bruno Sammartino overran and just seemed to ramble on. Introducing Did you not him. get the feeling the whole thing overran? I thought the whole thing suffered from a feeling of, we're on the network, it doesn't matter how long we go. I think it, it pointed out to me um, how good things like the Brits and the Comedy Awards and the Oscars and the Emmys and are for having a time limit to them. And a time limit that means they have to keep things tight and occasionally have to play people off with music or kind of rush them. And I don't mean that with any disrespect to anyone who was inducted or was inducting. However, it felt for me like there were moments where you just thought, okay, dude, right, 25 minutes for this guy. I don't need that literally 10 minutes you could have told him right you've got 10 minutes and go and they're professionals they know they've got 10 minutes they can work within that time limit it just the, the it, day the, the joke i kept making sorry was i kept on looking at the person i was watching with them and oh please just send out kane there was so many mr t moments this year well, yeah, I, I com- <laughs> is that what they refer to now mr t oh um uh, mr kane is out here so i gotta cut this show i pity everybody but it was though I mean Larry just rambled he didn't seem like he knew quite what he was saying and also went the whole way through his speech without mentioning Vern Garnier how do you do that if you're Larry Zbysko who was not only made famous by Vern Garnier bringing him in I'm sure he he did mention Vern Garnier he didn't he honestly didn't there was no thank you to Vern or kind of shout out for Vernon Garnier during his whole speech I've, I've watched it twice now I'm pretty sure he did okay, right. I, I thought he had but no if you've watched it twice I literally watched it once and it was already like one o'clock in the morning at that point for me yeah it just honestly I, I don't think he did and and also obviously was married into the family at one point so you imagine that might be something you'd mention so that was my down my down point number one my down point number two sounds really bad but I wasn't really a massive fan of the idea that 
Rikishi didn't mention too cool. So there was no mention of Scotty Too Hotty. There was no mention. A mention of uh, yes, Master Mr. Sexy. Brian, Brian Lawler. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was a, it was a tiny thing, but it kind of jarred because I know I know Rikishi. I know obviously Fatu previously from being in the um, the Head Shrinkers and the Wild Moans and everything else. But Rikishi, as he was inducted, was part of Too Cool for me growing up. That was you know. And over- the biggest slap in the face, Dave, was that the Usos played the role of Too Cool. Precisely, and but there had been no mention of Too Cool, so that was a bit of a shame. Um, highlights for me: Alundra Blaze, I thought was absolutely amazing. I thought she did the best speech of the night. Very entertaining, looked amazing, just carried herself wonderfully. An absolute credit to the company. Uh, yes, it was a bit gimmicky to do the thing of pulling stuff out of the bins. You knew they were going to do that because they had to kind of recreate. Hey, they put over Mr. JR's barbecue sauce. Precisely. Thank you, JR. And that was great. Um, also, obviously, it, it, for me personally, it was great to see Mancho Man go in there. Yes, it was a bit weird seeing Hulk Hogan come out and do his kind of putting himself over. It was a bit weird to see, you know, where he was placed in it because obviously he should have been at the end. He couldn't be because he's no longer with us. So you needed someone to be able to go out there and actually close the night. And what? There was a lot of discussion. They didn't want to have. They wanted to end it with someone that was there. Yeah. Which I can can understand. Arnie should not have been the main event of a wrestling Hall of Fame. And that was. The yeah. reason they did what they did. No, totally. I think I, for, yeah. but, but for me, the best speech of the night, or the one I enjoyed the most, was the Bushwhackers. Yes. No, they were great. Whoa! They were great. Yeah! So entertaining. So how good. come one of them didn't age and the other one did? I don't know. And how come <laughs> yeah, one of them aged and one of them turned into Terry Funk? It was There was some point where they've... Yeah. <laughs> Channeling the, the, the spirit of the still living Terry Funk. Just really weird, but yeah, very strange. I know, obviously, I, I don't. I feel really bad that I don't know whether it's Luke or Butch who had really bad health issues, but the fact that they were both there was really good. And yeah, it was really entertaining. It was interesting story for the people that only know them as the Bushwhackers. Hopefully, they found out a bit more about you know their their history beyond the WWE. Um, but no, it, they were good. And what was also interesting was finding out that the lawsuit still stands where you can't say WWF in a current product. You can only refer to it in a product previous. So they were still blanking out people when they said WWF. It's like, really? Anyway. Yeah, so, but no, uh, those are those are my good and bad points. Um, I don't know, was there anything bad for you in terms of the Hall of Fame? or? Um, no, I, I actually enjoyed Arnie's speech. And I, the thing is, I I'm, I'm a, I like Arnold Schwarzenegger as a human being. I'm mm-hmm. interested in him. He's a fascinating character. Um, he's, he's always had an association with professional wrestlers. Yep. Um, from, you know, from Andre, um, there's pictures of Arnie and Andre, to, uh, of course... His offset rivalry with uh, Jesse Ventura. Do you know about all this? Yes, I do. Sorry, very quickly when you're talking about wrestlers. Did he mention anything about superstar Billy Graham? Who, Arnie? Hmm. No, why? Because when, when Arnie came to the US and started bodybuilding, one of the first people who put him up was superstar Billy Graham. And they trained together. 
and it's well documented to the point where when superstar billy graham went in superstar billy graham talked about it he's talked about it on his dvds and his book and everything else that were they were close friends in california and they you know had a training regime together and the the kind of the thing that hinted at was that they did steroids together and got that big and everything else and it was superstar who kind of influenced him into getting into that kind of way of talking and that kind of way of enjoying professional no, wrestling but, no the, the 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 wrestler he mentioned the most was otto once yeah um very famous German wrestler for yes. our, our old school German wrestler for our uh, non-wrestling fans yeah. who I don't know why they're still listening to us ramble on about people they don't know about. Um, but no, I, okay. I enjoyed the Hall of Fame. I like. I, I'm yeah. hoping that Medusa pulling the women's title out of the trash can that's mm. going to signify a new step for the WWE. It's a shame because the women are busting their ass in NXT. They come over to the main roster and they're just yeah. excuse expression. They're just shitty divas again. Well, they're, they're not really yeah, they're, they're not allowed to, to wrestle. Four they, minutes you know, they just have to do that. 12 minutes and yeah. Yeah. There's only so you much know, you can um, do. In the, you know, it nearly got pulled from the main show. Yes. I heard this, yeah. But thankfully, but to be fair to them, if it had have been pulled, they might have benefited because both of the matches that were pulled from the main show and put onto the pre show were actually better for having had more time to, to do them. You know, the, um, the Battle Royal and the. Um, the tag team match worked really well as part of that prelim, in my opinion. But yeah, there we go. in terms of the Hall of Fame, though, um, one of the things that surprised some people was the fact that Nash was the main event. Um, it also surprised a lot of people, apparently, including people backstage, that Shawn Michaels, who was inducting Nash, um, threw away his script and decided to use some terminology that uh, I believe Vince wasn't too fond of, Mister Boo. <laughs> Yes, uh, Vince McMahon, never a man to be strapped uh, when it comes to wrestling. Um, <laughs> that, it's not even funny. Um, <laughs> no, he he um, used what? some insider terminology, which the WWE don't like their superstars mm. using anymore. Specifically, the term strap for the championship belt. Wrestlers, because they're not wrestlers, they're entertainers, they're sports entertainers, they're superstars. Um, and also referring to Kevin Nash as being, you know, the the creator of the down, excuse me, downside, guaranteed. The guaranteed contracts, yeah. Yes, sorry, da- you know what, I know you know what I mean, but anyway. Um, so yeah, why they took issue with that, I don't know, with the contract thing. I understand the other bits. You don't say wrestling, you don't say strap, those are insider terms, um, you don't use insider terms to fans. At least wrestling's holding on to that tradition, like to a degree. All the tradition in wrestling's lost. Um, so I, I don't think that Vince should have had a problem with it. But yeah, apparently Sean is in hot water. It's weird because all the kind of big superstars, Austin, Michaels, they're kind of not in favour of the WWE at the moment, are they? I think the term you could use is Shawn Michaels is in hot water and could not give a shit. Yeah. Steve Austin is in hot water, but could not give a shit. Why? Because you paid these guys enough across their career and the appearances they've done since to mean that they could walk away from the WWE now 
have a successful career doing outside things like Austin's doing now. He's got his podcast. He's got movies. He's got TV shows. Shawn Michaels has TV yeah. shows. He has any appearance that he could possibly make will pull him anything. Even if he walks into an indie show, he can charge more than anyone wrestling, even though he's not. Because he's Shawn Michaels. You know, He can do any con or anything. But to be fair to him, he probably never needs to work again. So if you get... A, a roster of guys that you've created who never need to work again to successfully live why would they give a fuck what you want when you put them <coughs> in front of a national TV audience like that? Shawn Michaels was just being Shawn Michaels I think you know, I, I, there was also a thing that originally they said they wanted to put uh, Kevin Nash in as Diesel and Kevin Nash's criticism that was, you're going to put me in as the, you know, as has been acknowledged on WWE and elsewhere, the worst performing champion of all time in terms of box office for the WWE. So he didn't want to go in as Diesel. Obviously, they did it with Scott Hall. They made him go in as Razor Ramon. But it, at the end of the day, it, Kevin Nash went in. He did an interesting speech. Shawn Michaels did an interesting speech. It was, you know, the Hall of Fame is not for the casual fan anyway. I think it appeals to that sort of hardcore wrestling fan. And I, I thought they both did a great job. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you, you fucking nailed, you fucking nailed it. You fucking nailed it. I mean, the only thing out of this whole kind of debacle that I'm disappointed by is I fucking loved Austin's interview with Triple H and with McMahon for the yes. podcast. Completely. And I think, yeah, it's, at it's at the moment, I yeah. think there are no more plans to feature Mr. Austin on the network other than the available content that there already is. But all that says to me is that they are scared of someone who's going to come in and do something that they can't control. Because obviously, we, you know, we've we've heard so many times because you know we, we listen to various podcasts and we you know listen to various interviews and uh, people that have been with that federation they know that vince is a control freak and you have to be to run that kind of business you have to be it's not a crit criticism of him you know he has to be a control freak but you can't have that if you want an interesting interview you know it'll be very interesting to see what the first one with chris jericho is like in terms of Chris Jericho interviewing John Cena, because potentially there's a lot of awkward questions you could ask John Cena. You know, if you or I sat in front of John Cena, I'd like to think we'd ask him a few awkward questions. I can't Austin imagine... Austin would definitely do that. Austin would pull the guy apart, which is one of the reasons I think it, Austin is not sat there in front of him. Oh, John, why does everyone fucking hate you so much in the audience? Whereas Chris Jericho, well, be, well, uh, Jericho will be just like, oh, yeah, so. Now, uh, now, do you remember John when I, I remember, made uh, you? I was the greatest year. John. Um, yeah, we had that. Here's a uh, clip from a Fozzie record. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, I'm really not going to play a clip from a Fosse record. Not so clip, I, I, wouldn't, I would not put you through that. I, I could tell you some stories from that night when I went to see Fozzie with a bunch of other, with a bunch of uh, another group of indie wrestlers, and uh, we met Chris Jericho. And I, I, whatever I could say about the man uh, would, would probably be slander if we put it out in public. So uh, <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Okay, we'll save that for uh, me talking to Boo after we finish the conversation. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, that was. Um, kind of the hall of fame <laughs> uh 
Um, it was an attempt. It was an attempt. An attempt, anyway. Um, let's move on to WrestleMania very quickly because I'm, I'm aware time's, time's ticking on, Kier. Um As far as WrestleMania was concerned, two good things for me about WrestleMania was the main event. thought it was very, very good. thought the ending was absolutely perfect. Absolutely capped it off. Really, really good. Um, I thought... I'm trying to think of good things now. Um, I actually... As sad as it sounds, I really, really enjoyed the um, intro for Rusev. Um, and and that match, I thought it went a little short, but Rusev, John Cena, I thought was good. Um, I, I, I thought it was... Basically, the show for me... They, was everyone was sitting on it before it happened because they yeah. didn't like the build. Yeah. And But then when the show actually happened, it performed so well that it shattered everyone's low expectations. Yeah, completely. I, I would say in terms of uh, bad stuff, the Sting Triple H um, could have been better. It wasn't quite as good as I'd hoped it would be. It was kind of it, what it I falls expected. Back to the, to the two... Sorry, it falls back what? to the kind of match that he had with The Undertaker a couple of years back. Do you remember the end of the year a cage match? And mm-hmm. kind of those those big time matches where there's got to be a million interesting run-ins or things happening. It's not like a straight wrestling match. I heard the example given um, in, a, in another podcast I was listening to was the fact that they were saying it gets to a point where um, that match has to kick up a gear. But if you've got two guys who can't kick up a gear you have to then bring in something else. And I totally understand why they brought in the NWO, totally understand why they brought in DX. And yes, I popped. I thought it was great. I enjoyed that. My main criticism for the whole thing was it was in the daylight. I don't enjoy watching a WrestleMania in the sunshine. WrestleMania 9 was probably the last I was about to say it's WrestleMania 9 all over again yeah it just doesn't work for me I I like some darkness and some bright lights and fireworks and everything else but overall I I really enjoyed the show and like I say the main event paid off it was well worth me staying up and watching it Um, I loved the Seth Rollins cash in um, I really enjoyed this. I completely agree with what you're saying. You know that that's why they held off so long on the Bray Wyatt Undertaker match because they really wanted Undertaker's entrance to be in the dark, and it doesn't work as well in the light. But to he, see he, looked, back. he looked a million times better than last year. How, yeah, he really, really did. Yeah. Uh, the year off has done in the world of good, and apparently the, the feeling backstage was he was he was feeling great after the match. Um, I, I enjoyed that one. Sting's entrance could have used a bit of darkness. And what, um, what the fuck were the Japanese drums? What was that? What were the Sting drummers? That was bizarre. Seems, yeah, they seem to be a thing in WWE for Sting where it's musicians. Because you remember the first appearance? Yeah. Uh, the the uh, 2K... 2K15 with the, the full orchestra in the Sting gear. Sting, I, I yeah. would rather have seen that full orchestra out there doing that stuff than the Japanese drummers, which made no sense. And the Triple H entrance. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, he did look like like a dime store terminator. Um, that was yeah, rough, that was yeah. it was a bit shit, a bit brutal. Um, but uh, also, I I must admit, and I, I apologise to any of our American listeners, John Cena's video and entrance was oh. so fucking cheesy. 
Again, it was the whole Patriot thing. I thoroughly, you know, what it was one of the matches I was really looking forward to, and it delivered. Um, the ladder match was great. Um, the right result to send everybody home happy elevates the title, um, which is what they're looking to do. And the same with John Cena's US title, it elevates the title. Um, all in all, a really enjoyable show. Uh, even the pre-show was quite good. Um, love the battle royal with the Miz. I hate generally. I don't. I'm not really into the mid-card stuff, but the Miz, Miz Dow, I, I never thought Miz Dow or say Miz, uh, Damien Sandow was going to win that, and he didn't. Um, <laughs> but um, but at least they made it look for a second, like nearly. Yeah, completely, and, and hopefully it, it was kind of that uh, thing like the Royal Rumble a few years ago where. Um... Santino looked like he was going to suddenly win against Randy Orton and then, you know, and then didn't. But, um, hopefully he won't get trapped in that sort of comedy role and he will end up, you know, going forwards and, and people taking a long talk. time for them to develop something for him, which oh, the crowd Jesus, can get yeah. behind. And, um, I'm glad they've obviously got faith in him because he's still there. Yes. So, yeah. No, otherwise he would have been cut with Brodus Clay and everyone else last year. And wow, uh, Brodus so. Clay, remember him, kids? Yeah. Go tell your mama. And <laughs> remember that massive WrestleMania entrance they did for him that year with that the old lady doing the dance, the nice racial stereotypes. Yeah, that was uh, that was fabulous. But no, I, overall, I thought great show. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, it's one of the few shows I've gone back and watched a couple of times because I genuinely really enjoyed it. Watching it live was a little bit of a chore, but only because it was two hours of a pre-show followed by four hours, pretty much, of a, a main event. So six hours sat there watching professional wrestling is quite a hard thing to ask people. I mean, to. there were times when it was on in the background when I was doing other stuff. Of course, uh, yeah. specifically the pre-show. Um, I missed the finish of the Orton, <laughs> the Orton uh, Seth Rollins match. Oh, no, that was a great finish as well. Man. I've seen, I've seen it, I've seen it since. It was a great RKO. It did look good um, and strange, but not that strange that they would put Seth Rollins. It, it's like. It's like Seth Rollins' two characters. When he's wrestling Randy Orton, he kind of like he's a lower card guy. But he's also like the champion now. Yeah. And could hold his own against a, a Brock Lesnar and a, and a Roman Reigns. So but For me, the, the, the Randy Orton character has never seemed stronger. He's, Randy Orton, for me, has always underachieved. I've Randy. never got into the Randy Orton character. Precisely. Yeah, he's never been the guy that they are telling you that he is. So now he's beaten the guy who beat the champion. So hopefully that will open things up. Because I thought that was that was probably the strongest WrestleMania match I've seen Randy Orton do. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, the, 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 there was the, the triple threat uh, last year which was Orton, Batista, and, of course, Daniel Bryan in the finals, and was all right. But the the result was signposted from the minute he... Of course. First match. But, yeah, no, I've never really got behind Orton as a, as a character, as a wrestler. But, um, you know, it does seem to be the RKO is the bit that people wait for. And I suppose, it, it, you know, there are a lot of wrestlers who you just want to see the finish. 
but yeah, not my cup of tea in terms of wrestling. But um, but the whole the whole show was good from top to bottom. Everyone pulled their weight, um, <clears throat> and yeah, just a good show all round. Um, which led on to an interesting roar the next day as well. Mm, yeah, uh, one of the best roars I've seen. And, and traditionally, it's always a, a, a strong roar coming off WrestleMania because they know it's the guys who, you know, it, guys and girls who are the proper marks because it's the been... British fans for God's sake they're the chant leaders essentially let's, let's, not, yeah, be, let's not beat around the bush here these are the, British, these the, the guys invasion. who are holding up the the wank pheasant signs these are the guys who are there they've been there at the Hall of Fame they've been there at Wrestlemania they're going to the Raw um it was it was a great show in terms of like, fan feedback because the the crowd were insane throughout the whole night. the The big thing that came out of it was uh, obviously Brock Lesnar. The opening the opening promo from Paul Heyman is one of the most blistering promos I've heard. Really, really good. Uh, Brock Lesnar played his role completely perfect throughout the whole night. Destroyed the announced team because he couldn't get hold of Roman Reigns. So sorry, couldn't get hold of Seth Rollins. So. That's written him off for a few weeks, which is probably good. Calls him off. There's going to be a great return coming up. Um, also gets rid of him for the free month that they're offering on the WWE Network. So you're not going to get to see a crazy match that's going to get people to pay for it. But that will come up next month. far as I'm aware, the, 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 the tentative plan for the main event of Extreme Rules mm. is Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. Yes. So yeah, um, keep Brock away from all of that because because the character they're portraying as Brock is Brock can walk into that in the middle of that match and just destroy the pair of them. Which maybe he will, maybe he won't. Maybe we he do, won't. We do not know. But yeah, they they used it also to introduce uh, several NXT superstars um, in terms of. Hey, I've got of... to say, I have to say it because yeah. the whole time I was watching Raw, Adrian Neville comes out. He's now just going under the name Neville. Neville, yes, which is... Um, the worst wrestling name. I'm not sure. Milksters, if you're in the US, does that sound scary to you? Because in the UK, traditionally, Neville is not... Mainly because of Only Fools and Horses, but Neville is not a name that strikes fear into my heart. No, Neville is like a, a kind of posh boy, isn't it? Neville! Yeah. It's, it's it's like it's like they're being a wrestler whose name is just Harold. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you can Ladies and right. gentlemen, yeah. he is the beast from the east, the but, world's most dangerous man, Harold. However, we must say a great performance, even though it was like three minutes against it was a um, Curtis match Axel. against Axel. Yeah, Curtis Axel. You and, say um, Axel Rose. I was going to say actual Curtis for some reason. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. I'm always switching my names around. <laughs> Axel Rose. Apparently he's quite a large man now, so I don't know whether he'd be able to get into the ring. Brian Daniels. But yes. Um, American Dragon. My God. My God. But yeah, so he, well, um, uh, Kalisto and... Um, Scene. Cara. The Lucha Dragons. Uh, and they didn't make a mention that Sin Cara... I like the fact that they're not alluding to the fact that it's the same Sin Cara. They didn't go, oh, it's been oh, it's been like <laughs> a year since we've seen Sin Cara on WWE Raw. It's like, oh, my God. No, but there was a point where they said something like, oh, it's nice to see Sin Cara with a, um, a partner that he can gel with, with his style. It's like, sorry, Rey Mysterio was with him 
about twelve months ago. So oh, just just to bre- just to break in, must mm. say terrible, terrible thing that happened. Rest in peace, Pera Aguayo Jr. Pera very, Aguayo, very, yes. Oh. Very, very sad state of affairs. There's a lot of shit going online at the moment. Mm. Um, there were, when it first happened, it, um, Rey Mysterio might re- retire or there might be manslaughter charges. It's all bullshit. Accidents do happen and unfortunately in this case did. Uh, a very young man lost his life and it's a very, very sad situation. And my, Not that it means anything coming from a little podcast put out in the UK but our no. thoughts are with all your family friends and everyone involved in the situation rest in peace Pera Aguayo and Dave as you would say big bucket of win a massive bucket with Pera Aguayo yes uh, no, totally Sin Cara and Rey Mysterio if they can't gel um, but yeah they're, they're alright they're alright but I'm just scared that they're going to be lost in the shuffle um, I don't think I, I don't think they'll be lost I think we might lose their Le Mat- Matadores. Los Matadors. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think Le Mat- Los Matadores, they'll go and they will move into that slot quite happily. But um, no, I thought it, it, was, it was a great show. But what it proved to me is that Cesaro and Kid are the best people to have those tag team titles because they can pretty much work with anyone. But I want to see that more. I want to see more of that kind of lucha stuff thrown at them or those different styles so the tag team titles get built up you know they hey, now... do you think this is a knee jerk reaction to lucha underground i i can't imagine vince even knows that exists really you Jer- reckon he doesn't know it exists no got... I... not 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 surely exists. surely with the Rey mysterio negotiations happening not long ago that must have been in their heads. I don't think it... Okay, there's two things that, that make me think that they know it exists. The idea that they're thinking of bringing up more of those kind of characters, and I just think that was mainly kind of there in this area because we're doing WrestleMania, so we'll bring them up and we can showcase that. The response they got on Raw, I think will mean they use them more, because I think... That's that... because there were a lot of... Yeah, as you said, it was post-WrestleMania... Yeah. And the majority of the crowd was smarky British people. <laughs> the second thing I think that means they have taken notice is the fact that if you look at the top of the turnbuckles, you now, on the ring posts, have an extra sort of foot's worth of plastic. And there's a hole in that plastic, which means that in every single corner, you now have a camera. And they used it, not last week, but the week before, during one of the matches with Rusev, where you got a shot which looked like a real cam. It, was, it wasn't it was HD, it was just a real cam kind of shot of someone being suplexed off that corner. I think it was Jack Swagger. That, to me, is a kind of shot that TNA have been using for a long time. It's also a shot that... Um, Lucha Underground have used. So I think they are very aware that there is a very different kind of way of filming stuff. And they're obviously trying to bring that in to use for the uh, the network and bits like that going forwards. So I think they are trying to cover all bases in that obviously Kevin Dunn is a very sort of uh, traditional guy in terms of what he likes for his wrestling. 
but I think they are opening up. And those four cameras now in the corners, you're going to see a lot of different sort of uh, camera viewpoints not necessarily on the main show but when they do the recaps and when they do those kind of oh yes and this guy came in at this point you'll get those shots from those real cams that makes it look like it was oh it was someone in the audience filming it well there you go Just no, no, no 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 totally agree and uh, my, I myself am a big fan of the Owen Hart cam you know the one from the top that goes all the way down to the ring now usually on the Milk and It podcast when we discuss Double D. I'm talking about, of course, my erstwhile uh, co-host, Mr. David Davis. But this week, Jay Hodgkins has the lowdown on the real DD, and that's Daredevil. Jay, take it away. On April the 10th, Netflix premiered the latest part of the expansive Marvel Cinematic Universe pantheon in the television show Daredevil. Yes, Daredevil, that Daredevil. Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, Evanescence, and Colin Farrell with a scar on his forehead. Looks like he's fallen asleep face down on one of those little grids people put in their kitchen sink plug holes to stop noodles and runner beans blocking their drains. Only this one has none of those things, kids. The screen rights for Daredevil have reverted back to Marvel from Fox, so we have a new origin story for Daredevil over several episodes of the sensorily attuned sightless crime fighter come lawyer Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil. This will form part of a street-level Avengers-style narrative with fellow Marvel B-list heroes Luke Cage, Jessica Jones and Iron Fist, each getting a Netflix show, eventually leading to a team-up show called The Defenders. All of this is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which means we can see cameos from lesser characters from the Marvel movies and perhaps a pop-in or two from the villains and operatives from Coulson's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or even Agent Carter. Splendid stuff, eh? Splendid stuff. Indeed. Daredevil features a solid cast of great actors such as Stardust and Boardwalk Empire star Charlie Cox as Daredevil, Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin, and Rosia Dawson as Nurse Claire Temple. So, what do we know of Marvel Comics Daredevil in order for us to prepare ourselves for a lazy, heart-hating squat in front of the goggle box for a binge viewing? Here's ten facts to digest, like the pack of Doritos you're going to selfishly trough to yourself in front of the show like you don't care about starving age children in Africa, you bag of dicks. Fact number one, Daredevil's first appearance was in the eponymous comic title in 1964. It was created by, yes, Stan Lee and Bill Everett. Bill Everett is a comic book artist known for creating both Daredevil and Namor, the Submariner. For those who don't know comics too well, Namor is a guy in Speedos who swims around with wings on his feet. Hmm. No, I can't understand why no one's made a film about him. He sounds great, doesn't he? Yes. Fact number two, another fun fact about Daredevil creator Bill Everett is that he's a descendant of notable poet William Blake. He's the guy responsible for a Jerusalem song that you sang at school assemblies. Builded here indeed. What kind of English is that? Fact number three, the visionary genius behind Sin City 300 and everyone's favourite Batman storyline, The Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller, got his break penning Daredevil for Marvel in the 70s and 80s. He's a clever boy, isn't he? Fact number four, a planned cartoon series in the 1980s had Daredevil teamed with a sidekick. Spider-Man? Luke Cage? Iron Fist? No character invented for the show called Lightning the Superdog. Uh, good. I presume Lightning would have been a Labrador, seeing as the Daredevil's blind. 
Next fact. Former Daredevil writers Stan Lee and Kevin Smith appear in cameos in the 2003 movie. Stan Lee is in his usual customary Marvel property guest role as a befuddled old man, and Clark's pensman, a David Davis superhero, Smith, plays the role of lab assistant Kirby. Keep an eye out for them next time you watch that horrendous pile of shit. Fact number six, Daredevil is best known for wearing an all-maroon costume. However, the costume used for the first six issues of his comic was predominantly mustard yellow. Mustard yellow? Who's ever heard of a mustard yellow devil? I'm sure this is racist. I'm going to stop now. Fact number seven. The Netflix series is not Daredevil's first live-action TV appearance. He appeared in a TV movie spin-off of the popular Bill Bixby-starring Incredible Hulk franchise. 1989's The Trial of the Incredible Hulk saw Street Hawk actor Rex Smith cast as Matt Murdock and also featured Gimli himself, Jonathan Reese davis as Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the Kingpin, that naughty fatty man. Next fact. In the popular... Inferno storyline Daredevil faced off against his worst ever foe, a demonic vacuum cleaner. Time for a Tim Vine joke? I got rid of my vacuum cleaner. It was gathering dust. <laughs> it's the way you tell him I didn't say that very well. Next fact. Recent episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have featured a few villains who have a history with Daredevil. One episode featured warbling goon Angar the Screamer. Now Angar made his first appearance in a June 1973 issue of Daredevil. Carl McLaughlin's villainous Galvin Sabo, otherwise known as Mr. Hyde in the comics, has been a thorn in Coulson's team side for some time now, but he's also primarily an adversary of Daredevil in the comics. Even more interestingly, early Series 2 shield baddie Carl Crusher Creed, otherwise known as the Absorbing Man, featured in a tweet by the official Daredevil account. His name appears on a boxing poster where he's said to be involved in a bout of fisticuffs with Daredevil's father, Jack Murdock. In the comics, Jack Murdock was murdered by Carl Crusher Creed. Could this be our first crossover? Well, no, because our final fact is this. The answer to that is no. The first cameo from the Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't a character from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not actually a person either. It's in fact, the New York-based Avengers Tower, designed by Tony Stark and as seen in the Avengers movies. It's in the background of the series trailer, which makes perfect sense as Daredevil is set in Manhattan District trouble spot, Hell's Kitchen. There we are. So, that's it for this week, true believers. Excelsior and all that shit. Bye. So, that was episode 46 of the Milking It Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. As always, thank you to Jay for his drop-ins. Always entertaining. Thank you for his Daredevil one this week. Thank you, Nick, for his music review. Thank you, Dino, for his artwork. Thank you to John Sands for the music you hear that tickles your ear. I have been David Davis. And somewhere I've been Boo Lamont. And join us next time as we take a peek at the world of geek and wrestling, obviously. It's the Milk and It Podcast. Take care, guys. Love you. Bye. Izzy's. <clears throat> Bye, Izzy's. <clears throat> I've got the feeling that you're milking.